Alright folks, welcome to the latest installment of the House of Poser. This is Carefree Black Nerd's very own ballroom scene in the potosphere. <laughs> I'm your host, Rain Coleman of the Carefree Black Nerd Podcast. In today's episode, I do have a very special guest on me today. Go ahead, Mr. Hollywood. Let everybody know who's uh, who's kicking it with me today. What's going on? It's your boy Jaden Hollywood, host of Unapologetic Podcast, your weekly dose of Hollywood news, random rants, taboo topic discussions, and I am unofficially a member of the House of Evangelista. Yeah. <laughs> okay, okay. Okay, and I'm here to get my tens, okay? All across the board, all okay. right? <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you very much for joining me. Um for those of you out there in listener land, I did have technical issues for about a week or so. So the Carefree Black Nerd Summer Series has been pushed back, altered slightly for about a week. So thank you, Jada, for your patience with me. And we on now to discuss Mother's Day. Mother's Day. This is the fifth episode of FX's Pose. Um, in this episode, Blanca is forced to reconnect with her estranged siblings after the death of her mother. Now... Pose. Before you even get into this episode, what is your relationship to the show? Like, how long you've been watching, or you know, what's what brought you to the show, or just a little shit like that. I actually have been watching since episode one. I've okay. seen every episode, and I think the show is very interesting. I think, especially being a member of the LGBT community, I think it's very important that we support our own. Um, a lot of times we complain about uh, not having representation. And it's it's quite sad that a lot of people that complain about not having representation or not seeing our people are, not, are the same people that are not supporting our people when we put projects out like this. So I'm definitely gonna support it. I'm definitely gonna shout it out every week and try to get more people to watch it because what I don't want is the show to get canceled because it's a great right, show. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, you're right about that. I have been in it to win it <laughs> since episode one. Um, since I found out what the hell it was, that it was even a thing. So, yeah, I'm with you. A lot of times, you know, you complain about representation, but we don't show up in numbers or put our money where our mouth is. So I'm hoping, praying that this show and by extension, uh, my house on Viceland, that that gets their season two, three, four, five, six, seven, and eight. Because this is a fucking dope ass show. Like, hands yep. down. Fuck. Okay, so a lot of the themes in the show, well, one, the show centers around ballroom and uh, LGBTQ uh, focus on on trans experiences back in the eighties, and you are currently where? Where do you reside? Where do you where do you live? I, I'm in Atlanta. Okay, okay. So Atlanta in the house. Now, do you um, have you been to any bars? Is that something that you are you a part of that part of the community? Is that something that you're interested in in your own life or? So, well, I'm actually from D.C. Okay, okay. And while I did live in D.C., um, the ballroom scene was pretty hot mm -hmm. uh, during my stay there. But I only walked one ball. Okay. And I won my category. I walked New Kid on the Block. Okay, okay. And um, then I had to, everybody that won a category walked at the end, like, mm -hmm. for, like, the grand, grand prize. Yeah. 
And um, I ended up having to walk against the person that trained me. Mm. So <laughs> you already know. Mm. Like, you know, I wanted to, like, when they said who I was going to have to go against, yeah. I was like, okay, you know, you got it. Like, I was trying to sit out, but yeah. everybody was like, no, you have to. Like, you have to do it. So <laughs> I gave him my best. And, um, I mean, of course, Calvin had been in the scene for years yeah. o- o- over me. So... There was no competition, but um, I still got my tens. I didn't win the grand grand prize, but I still won New Kid on the Block, so that was that. But I've never, I've only been to one other ball outside of that. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what the ballroom scene is like here in Atlanta, to be honest. Yeah. I don't think it's, I don't think it's popping. Like I think in New York, it's definitely a big thing. Mm-hmm. Um, since I left DC in two thousand nine. I think a lot of the ballroom scene, it it I think around maybe 2011, 2010, around that time, it pretty much went away. A lot of it was mainly the modeling groups yeah. in the um, that were in the area that were the main people that were going to the balls and uh, putting on the balls and things of that nature. But um, once a lot of that dismantled. Yeah, pretty much was dead. So mm. it's interesting to see it in its origin. You know, it's interesting right. to see what it was like 20, 30 years ago. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's I'm trying to think because here in Dallas, I've been here for a little bit, a little over a year now. And I've been to one ball. And that was like a couple weeks ago where I met Precious from my house. And that's mm-hmm. that's why I went to the ball, you know, to support a friend. Uh, who was on the show as well. And it, it was cool. It was cool. And it was like, oh, shit, I want to do a little bit more of this. But I'm from the Midwest, and I've been to countless balls. And it, it's so interesting to hear you say that about Atlanta, which is, quote-unquote, kind of the gay mecca or the LGBTQ mecca of the United States. Right, right. And it not be as um, vibrant there as it was in Midwestern Detroit. You know, it's like, damn. Are so, we talking? In 2018, though. Oh no, we're talking prior because I was a very, very young kid. I was like 16 to 1920, so that was way back. So it was before that, but just yeah. So I mean, and I, and I wasn't in Atlanta at that time, so I don't know if the scene was that much larger way back when. But just in general, just seeing, um, like you said, you come from DC, and you said it was it was popping. But you're in Atlanta and it kind of fizzled out. I wonder if um, any listeners who are in the ballroom scene, deep in it, if there is some scene there in Atlanta that isn't as large, tweet me, tweet us, let us know, because um, I'd be interested to find out if uh, if there's a ball or two every now and then there. Yeah, I'm interested, too. I mean, I know that they have a lot of drag queens. They have a lot of drag shows down yeah, here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I, I, I don't know, maybe maybe because the years are, maybe the scene overall is just changing with mm-hmm. the time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, wonder if that, I wonder if that's what's going on, because that does make sense. Like I am, you would think Atlanta, it would be popping, but yeah. I don't know. Maybe mm-hmm. it's more of an up north thing. Perhaps, perhaps. 
you know, because even the ball that was here in uh, in Dallas, I think, and I, I could be wrong, but I think the guy who threw that together, not threw like it was last minute, but the guy that put it together, I think that ball is an annual Juneteenth thing. But outside of that, I haven't seen any more. Like, there's one that should be here in September that I saw, like, you know, brochures for or whatnot, but that's September. You know, so, I, mm-hmm. yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm interested. So anyone in the, the ballroom scene in the major metropolitan areas, California, Dallas, Houston, Atlanta, Philadelphia, anybody, just just tweet us. Uh, Carefree Blurred and Jaden Hollywood, what's your, uh, your, your Twitter, your Twitter handle? Oh, yeah, they can follow me on all social media at the great Jaden. Yeah, yeah, do that, do that. And, and hit us up and let us know what's what, because I would be interested in, seeing what's uh what the scene is like here in Dallas, maybe going to a few more shows. I'd even probably go to Houston, which is like three hours away. But it would have to be <laughs> for a few days. I'm not going just right, football. Right. <laughs> but yeah. You know what else I think? I think that because if you think about it, um back in the day like we've seen in the show, a lot of people in the LGBT community were oftentimes outcasted in their families Mm -hmm. so because they 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 weren't accepted by their actual family and they were living on the street they had houses and they had um they had the the groups and things of that nature but i Mm -hmm. think in 2018 with society being a little more accepting Mm -hmm. i think that the need for being a part of a house has subsided I don't think that it's the same anymore. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Sounds, yeah. I know for a fact here in Atlanta, shit. I know niggas that just be in the club every weekend, and they they find they find somewhere to live. It might be twelve of them in an apartment, <laughs> but they find somewhere. Right, right, right. Okay, yeah, that's, they make a, that's it work. A, yeah, yeah, that's an interesting idea, and that's probably contributes to some of it as well. Shit, and even on top of that, we're grown and 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 working nine to five hours and doing extra shit on the side. So it might right. be a whole community that's just existing that we don't see just because of the nature of work and extracurricular activities. So, but yeah, I'd be I'd be inter- I'd be interested in seeing what's um getting the point of view from someone who is in that in that culture still. Mm-hmm. Oh man! So, pose Mother's Day. What's what's your initial thoughts after watching the episode and kind of sitting with it for a while? What is your uh, what is your takeaway from the episode as a whole, at first glance, rather? Um, it was very very heavy. I mean, <laughs> I think that a lot of the episodes have that that element, but this one in particular uh, was very heavy, especially for people that may have similar upbringing where they might not be as close to their family. Um, I definitely, I definitely appreciate the fact that they were so candid about it because this is their truth. You know, this is the truth for a lot of people. A lot of people are not accepted by their, by their parents and they are kicked out. Mm -hmm. And even, even if they're, even if their family, even if their parents might support them, their siblings don't. And it's not until somebody dies that you start to get a connection with, you know, other family members. And it's sad that a funeral is what makes people come together versus y'all couldn't just make it work beforehand. Right, right, right. And it was interesting to see Blanca go through the emotions of reliving her childhood and her experience with her mom Mm -hmm. and her taking the positive qualities and deciding 
that she's going to use that in her life being a mother to other children. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, this this episode, like you said, was heavy as hell. But to its credit, Blanca, oh God, I love this show. Making trans, well, tra- by extension, LGBT, what, QAI and all of that, but specifically trans women, three-dimensional characters that do not exist to be the butt of your joke or the taboo secret that this quote-unquote DL man has in his closet. Like, being fully actualized women with issues like body dysmorphia, dealing with family, shit that everyone else also deals with. I love that. And for it to be a mother-centered episode, it's, all in all, I I, I, I shed a tear. It may, I'm going to just say it was one. I ain't going to tell you how many. I'll just say one. But it, it got me. This episode really, truly made Blanca a staple to me going forward like she was good everybody is good on the show but this episode in particular i was like no i'll blanca will forever be a a fan favorite of mine like hands down mm-hmm. god likewise I, I agree i definitely agree oh my god so so we opened up it was in 1982 when uh at a ball and it, we get these passable no 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 because this is virgin film queen god damn it is that the terminology that was it's, used it's the the category was realness so you okay. have to you have to really sell it like you're a cis woman basically they were judging on how feminine you could truly be yeah yeah and this i first of all shout out to lisa the Aaliyah looking chick i don't know who she is in real life um, if she's a trans girl, which I would imagine she is, they've had other guest stars, but that motherfucker, she did it for me. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> but we get, <laughs> okay, let me get your opinion. So we, we get Blanca to show up and everybody's, they dragging her. I've had an now, issue. Okay, go ahead, go ahead. Just get it to me. <laughs> Blanca, no, she wrong with that 27 piece <laughs> and that ballerina costume. <laughs> Damn. No, man. No. <laughs> now, that, I'm good. Drag her for all it's worth for that. But I'm having an issue with the show, and I'm thinking that it's just the way the show is framed to kind of make her the underdog. But everyone in, and it's been countless episodes where people have commented on Blanca's looks physically as if she is a boy. And I'm thinking she looks just as passable as some of the other girls. Like, is it just me? Am I biased because I like her? Or does she have a look that says drag queen instead of trans woman? No, that's kind of the gay community in general. They're just cutthroat. They're just, they're going to find the smallest thing to to talk about. So I, I definitely think that you, what you're noticing is true. They're... In my opinion, she does look very passable, but people don't care. They 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 gonna want to tear you down anyway. Right, right, right. That which which takes us to her getting her what six like seven. What she got? She got nothing more than a six. From yeah, her scores was trash. Super low. Um, and she got and I want that's what I do like about Blanca, and it doesn't feel forced. Like every episode, she has a a cause that she's riding and dying for. Even back in 82, she's cutting into these um, other trans girls who were passable and who did 
get their tens and she's like, bitch, is this what the community is about? We supposed to be about uh-huh. sisterhood and you motherfuckers. Yeah, it's, I just, was this a believable scene for you? Um, this, uh... <laughs> yeah, it was. I mean, people in the, in the, in the community, the young ones, the, the new birds and new kids on the block, they usually do have tenacity like that. So, I, it was definitely believable for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how believable Electra, you know, taking her under her wing was. Yeah. Um, but I, it was nice to see her, you know, pretty much pick her up out of the crowd and adopt her, quote mm-hmm. unquote. Yeah. But does um, okay. So the actress that plays Electra, mm-hmm. her name is. Da- does she talk like that in real life? You know, I think she does because I watched some of her, um, I have to say iTunes, <laughs> Instagram videos, and it isn't as, let me see, I saw one where she was holding a dog after a workout, and it was outside, so there was a lot of wind, and then there was another one when I think it was Coach or Chanel that completely disrespected her, that like misgendered her. And um, sent like this copy and paste as message, and, but she was speaking and she was emotional. So I haven't heard her outside of the show just speak, just have a conversation or an interview. I want to say she does. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Okay, because she talks like this, like she is reading from a book all the time. <laughs> and if you want to be my daughter, then you are going to have to clean it uh. up. Honey, you want to pass, you want to be a real girl, you're going to have to serve, all right? And I'm just like, uh, I'm just waiting for it to break, you know, I'm waiting for, you know. I've heard that criticism of her, and... I actually like it. I think it's very fitting for the character, but I just Uh wasn't sure if she really talked like that, because I did see one, I only saw one interview outside of this that she did, Mm -hmm. and it was for the show... And she was talking like that, but she was reading from a teleprompter, so I wasn't sure. Okay, okay. Ooh, if... I wonder. Ooh, okay. <laughs> but I guess she really does talk like that, because that shit sounded a little too. That sounded a little too natural. I mean, it's been like six, five episodes. And, <laughs> right, you know, right, right, right. Character yet? Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. That that'd be interesting. Maybe I might stalk her Instagram again, see if I could find a video, because that's yeah. She 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 stands apart. She is memorable. Um, if for nothing else but her voice and the cadence and and all that, and then she's what six two or something like she tall as shit, like just, right. and wear heels. So yeah, she's about six five every day probably. Uh, shit. So uh, she gets. I don't know. I really like this softer side of her, but she still seems consistent with the you know mean girl that we get for most every single episode, like. She's nothing if not consistent, like you said, with the way she talks and, I don't know, having her nose up and shit. Um, so, them in this diner, for, like you said, going back to this this pink dress, what the fuck is up? Even for 82, what, where, where did yeah. Blanca get this dress, man? <laughs> like Probably from the dollar bin in the Goodwill. Oh, my God. And it's, and I, I feel bad to, I don't feel bad to laugh at it because it's a TV show, but then thinking that, there back then was probably a lot of trans girls who went through that where they did not have the resources. But man, her sitting across from um, Electra is a huge visible difference between the two. Like it's clear, it's night and day. Like, 
Mm-hmm. Oh my god! But I do like the idea that um, what is it? Blanca says something. I want to feel real. Something's effect of being treated like a woman. And Electra turned like, "Look, chick, I didn't wake up like this." And I think because the women, the trans women who are on the show, are already trans women, we aren't seeing a evolution or a change from being a cis male to a visibly um, um, a, a trans woman. We're not seeing that. So you got to kind of throw those um, ideas in where you can. But visually, I'm not seeing a transition from a little boy who identifies as as woman and then switches to become a switches. Trent goes through the transformation. God damn it, I feel like I'm fucking up all over the place. Yeah, I feel you. I think it will be kind of hard to do, though, mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. these women have already been mm-hmm. through surgeries in real life. You know what I'm saying? So it would, I think it would be kind of hard to make them look more masculine and mm-hmm. then do the transformation, you know? Yeah. They tried it with um, Orange is the New Black with um, Laverne Cox's character. Now, that works. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So what, what do you me. think made that? Okay, go ahead. What what made that work for you? Well, um, Laverne Cox is fucking muscular as fuck. I wouldn't fight that bitch if you paid me. But um, <laughs> And then the, the fro that she was rocking and then the fact that she can change her voice up. Mm-hmm. Like, she played that role very, very well. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like the Dominique Jackson who plays Electra mm-hmm. is up there in age, you know, she's been doing hormones for so long. You know, if anybody, I think that they would be able to make it work with, um, I think they may be able to make it work with Candy. Blanca. Oh, Blanca. Okay. okay. I think I, I've seen, I've seen her outside of the show and I could, I can, I can, See how they could try to make it work like they did with Laverne and Orange that is the new black. Okay, okay. Yeah, because that, that'd be interesting. I, and I don't know, damn, that's something that, because we get so much media where it's, well, watch a show and then they'll do a flashback and then you have another character. Even like with Moonlight, you had three different guys playing the same character mm-hmm. and it was easy enough to switch out but a trans yeah. character you have to put a bit more care into it so i wonder right. um kind of bringing the comic side to it in civil war i know robert downey jr played himself as a young kid and i did like some cgi shit to make him look younger but even making him look younger he was still male so i wonder if that's something that could be, I don't know, whatever. That's <laughs> a whole other tangent. That's so complicated. That sounds like a heavy budget, and I don't know if they have that yet. Yeah, probably not. Probably not. This is, um, no, so, okay, Ryan Murphy, um, speaking of him and the show itself, did you watch Glee when it was on? Was that something that you were aware no. of? Okay. I'm, my roommate watched it all the time. That that was one singing ass bitch right there. He <laughs> loved fucking He loved Glee. Okay, but okay. I, that was not mine. So. Okay, because I've watched it. Um, I watched it religiously for one season, and I kind of got off of it. And I, and I know it when I see it. So I'm wondering, and listeners out there, you know, if you have anything to input on this, please tweet as well using the hashtag PoserPod. But the style visually of this show not like what people are wearing and and the things that make it new york and make the people who they are but like cinematography and editing it feels like to me it feels like glee um in a way 
that like friends feels like living single, if that makes sense. Like it, it feels like it's the same thing, but interpreted different by, you know, a whole different crew, if that makes any sense. I don't know. If anyone watched Glee and watched Pose, hit me up and let me know if what I'm saying makes sense or not. I'm trying to make sense of it, but I can't. So I'm gonna just <laughs> okay, okay, <laughs> okay. So, uh, so now we move on to Blanca and her kids. This is one thing I absolutely love about the show: this tr- non-traditional family put into this traditional family role. Blanca and her, at first two, then three, now four kids. How do you feel about this 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 relationship? This spring cleaning is a tradition in this house, and follow my rules and this and that. What's your take on Blanca's family? Um, I like it. I like that she's teaching them discipline, and I feel like she's really molding them to be model citizens and not, you know, just hood rats and hoodlums just running around doing whatever you want. I think rules and structures are, are needed in any household. So kudos to her for uh, being able to to do that, even though she didn't grow up in a traditional home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, you're right. That's such a, um, I don't know, that's such a, a an interesting thing. And it feels like, again, it doesn't feel like fan service. It doesn't feel forced. This feels like a actual family. Um, we get the, the phone call where Blanca finds out that her mother is dead. And that, that's where this episode started to take a turn for me and not in a bad way. Just like I was, it got heavier and heavier. I was used to the Mm -hmm. laws, the lighthearted reads and shit. But once you got to, this is what this episode is about. I, I was already like hurting. Um, so what, I mean, what's your thoughts? You, um, I don't know, dealing with death. Have you, recently did with anything that kind of made this more real for you or was it just maybe good acting or just a good setup man i haven't had somebody close die to me lately anytime Mm -hmm. that i can think it's been a few years you know um but i i definitely was sold on what i saw i thought the emotions were they seemed very genuine Mm -hmm. um if anything, I thought that she was handling it. At first, I was thinking, I don't think she's sad enough. But then it started to make sense because she wasn't mm-hmm. close to her family. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And her family, you know, you out here talking about you, your family basically thinking you dead or mm-hmm. they don't even know that you transitioned. So mm-hmm. in a way, it's kind of like, can we be sad? Because in a way, our relationship been dead. So, yeah, yeah, that's kind of where I was, too. Um I'm kind of confused because I'm thinking maybe Blanca is was supposed to kind of be the bad guy because because what did she say at the funeral she was praying or speaking to her mom was like yeah I feel bad about the last things I said to you before I left and then speaking with Carmen she's like you know you weren't around and mom was sick and this and that so I'm thinking I'm still on Blanca's side because regardless I'm the victim like yeah we may have had words, but you didn't take the care with me like you did with my older siblings because it was complicated. You know, it was easy with them, a boy and a girl who right. identify as boy and girl. So I, it's, I, I think they wanted us to kind of see Blanca as having a hand in the 
um, separation. But shit, this is what we go through in this community. You you have people who, like you said at the beginning of the show, get put out on the street. You know, for uh, well back then, I'm sure some now, but this is real life. This is what people go through. You know, it's. Man. I didn't take it that way. To me, I took it as the siblings did not know how to ha- more properly mourn her death, mm-hmm. and what they did, what they what they did was projections. Okay, um, they felt guilty, so they're going to take their anger and just project it on anybody else for any other reason. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, okay, and and not really get into the root of the problem because, as you see in the end, she came, her sister came back around. It was mm-hmm. like you know. Um, you have the good qualities of mom and, you know, gave her the cookbook. We'll get there and shit. But, you know, she came around. She knew she was wrong. Yeah. I wasn't expecting that. I was not expecting for her to show up. I knew something would happen, but I wasn't expecting her to knock on that door. So I wasn't expecting them to um, get all dressed up just to spend 30 seconds at that funeral. (laughs) That was a waste of an outfit. I could have waited in the car, okay, or at the house. Or I could have wore a black T-shirt and some black jeans. But I wore my nice fine threads that I was saving for a ball. Yeah. (laughs) Now, you know, I love that scene. It seemed, it did seem short. It felt like, we only have so many extras, and most of our extras probably going to the ball. Like I don't, it, it something about it seemed rushed. Yes, it was a short scene, but I felt like we should have spent more time there. I don't know, but uh, what I did like <laughs> is my fucking Manny putting his hands on Block and like the whole back row <laughs> standing up ready for war, like they just gonna whoop his ass. That mm-hmm. part, <laughs> I was like, okay, okay, kids, that's I see y'all. Uh, or that or that read at the end where he was like, and you're supposed to be calling yourself a Christian and you over here judging. And that's real life. These so-called Christians be the ones that be so judgmental. It don't make no sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's, that's an element of this show that I am interested to see if they're going to go down that route or if this episode dealing with death and a funeral and family in church is their way. But yeah, religion is is one of the biggest obstacles when it comes to LGBT rights and, and everything else, it's, uh, so, but yeah, that's, uh, we'll see if they, they'll get around to that. Um, another thing I really like about this show is the relationship between pray tell and Blanca. How do you, what are, you, what are your thoughts on pray tell? Pray tell who's pray tell again, the guy, the, um, the, the kind of father figure, the the commentator who be you know what? I'm, I've been trying to figure out his name for so long now damn <laughs> Billy Porter um, I, I, I I really oh yeah you know what I I was on his page um last night I saw that he actually has like an album out and he yeah. he's he's been in the game for a while but um I liked I like their dynamic and I like that you know they have each other's back and I think it's very important for people especially in our community to have a confidant, have somebody that's going to keep it real with you and somebody that you can um, you can tell what's going on if you're going through something. Everybody needs somebody that they can talk to if you're not going to a therapist. And it's important to have a, a great support system. And people oftentimes think that you need a big support system, but sometimes you just need one or two really good people. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, this is true. And I, I'm, I absolutely am in love with their friendship. And I really like it because I, I can't recall. Now, not to say there's none out there, 
but I can't recall watching a television show or a movie with a dynamic like this. It's always two cis persons, a, a black and a white person, maybe a girl and a guy, but there there hasn't been this dynamic pushed where one isn't servicing the other, where it's like, oh, this is my trans friend, and I'm just the happy-go-lucky white gay male. I've never right. seen this. Yeah, and I'm, I'm so... I want more of them. Um, the moments that we do get all add up to be this like amazing thing, but I want more of Praytale and Blanca. That just I I like that. I like that. I really do. It's it's great to finally see somebody uh it's great to finally see a gay character not be an accessory. Yeah, yeah. Say that. That is true. Yeah, that's Oh man, yeah, you preach it to the choir there, cause <laughs> like I'm Ebobo, I shot in a shot. See, <laughs> a fool, man. But oh God, right, the truck's gonna come after me. <laughs> <laughs> they be alright, fuck them. No, That's all right. The blood still works. <laughs> <laughs> That's <laughs> uh, <me>. okay. <laughs> a fool, man. Oh my God. I, yeah, I just, I'm, I'm hoping. In my head, those people are friends in real life, and I will see them together more because I just, I just like the idea of this gay male and this trans woman having this relationship and it being meaningful. It's not, I mean, they have their laughs, they have their jokes, they talk about the kids, you know, and then about their status and everything else. But it just, all in all, it doesn't seem like this flat as forced friendship, and I really really like that seeing the two of them together that's what i one of the better things of this show for me but um, you know what's interesting mm-hmm, it's cool. interesting to see the opposite of that where we have angel and stan's yes. relationship Ooh. where he kind of i'm so confused like mm-hmm. i'm more confused than he is like <laughs> are you what what is it like do you are you just intrigued about her are Mm -hmm. you i I just really don't understand because you got a wife at home and you literally got this chick a whole apartment Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. okay like that's not something that people do for just a fling yeah that's what you do when you love somebody so but you can't commit to that person. I don't know. To me, it's just weird. And I feel like I feel like Angel is getting caught up, and it's mm-hmm. hard for her to play her role. At the end of the day, messing with a married man, yeah. okay, you can't make demands. Mm-hmm. You can't make demands. You don't make the rules. You accept the free rent. You accept the apartment. And have this nigga pay your bills and keep mm-hmm. it moving, you know. Mm-hmm. You she over here mad because he not coming to spend the holidays with her and stuff. No, <laughs> he has a wife. You knew that day one, mm-hmm. girl. You if it wasn't for him, you would still be shaking your ass for some quarters, <laughs> okay? For quarters, uh, don't don't listen. Sit down. Sit be down. Humble. <laughs> be humble. I, okay. I'm so I'm torn on them. Because one, I know it's wrong because you're, like you said, you're dating this married man. Stan, though, is, I'm, I, I guess the way I see it is that he is someone who is probably more pansexual than anything. But back in the 80s, 
that's not one a term that people use and then two being a white man who is probably groomed to have that american dream go to high school go to college get your high school sweetheart get a good paying job have kids and have a suburban home i'm the way i see it is he he probably wants to explore more but you're trapped in this this American dream cycle or whatnot, but then that's no excuse because those are choices. You took the steps to secure this life for yourself. So I don't know. I just, I know Angel and him are wrong and I'm not making excuses for that, but him, I'm afraid he gonna snap and kill every motherfucker on this show. I know that's probably not the way they're going, but this repressed homosexual, pansexual white man with all of this, I don't know, white privilege and white guilt on top of it. I'm just, I'm a, I'm afraid that what could happen with him. That motherfucker is, is a ticking time bomb. Well, I think that I don't want to get into what's going to happen in the next episode, but mm. um, at the end of this episode, we saw that uh, Patty, mm-hmm. her nosy <laughs> ass. <laughs> she she just did a little bit too much for me, but okay. Um, talk about that, cause I I got I got thoughts too. But what are your so essentially what happens is uh Polly Polly Patty whatever Polly whatever her name is she goes through on her own little sleuth and finds out about Angel uh mm-hmm. and kind of puts the pieces together and shows up at Blanca's and then with Lil Poppy happy ass shows up at the ball and end end up confronting Angel. So (laughs) in a hey Barbara this is Shirley moment. What so give me (laughs) what's your take? You said you think she's doing too much. And Well, you know what? At this point she doesn't do too much just yet. So Okay, okay. I mean I I think it's I think it's just like you said in the last episode, they spent a lot of time on this suburban white woman and her white tears, and I'm really uh-huh. not interested. You know, yeah. you, your man ain't shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that and you kissed his boss. Obviously, you ain't doing something. I feel like she don't even suck dick. She look like the type that don't suck dick. That's the problem. <laughs> that is the problem. Y'all, y'all not sucking y'all husband's dick, and then they gonna be out here like Kirk and Rashida. He gonna go get somebody else <laughs> pregnant. <laughs> And then you gonna get mad at the girl. She was doing. She was doing you a favor. Oh man! You, know, you either gonna stay with him or you gonna keep him moving. But this are this arguing and this doing back and forth. I ain't with that. I can't get with that. But um, yeah, I think they spent a lot of time on that. Um, and I, I at the end, I know they try to leave us on a cliffhanger, like mm-hmm. you know, but. Like, oh my gosh, I'm so scared for Angel, but I ain't scared because I know she'll knock her out. She oh gets, yeah, Angel whooped that whole yeah. ass. Is that a- <laughs> and, you know, at the end of the day, she was born a man, and I've seen some um, trans women when they start fighting. Oh no, the the <laughs> the mm. man jumps out. Okay. <laughs> See, I'm, the, I, yeah, I'm, the behavior that you that you exhibited was man like, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. they it will jump out. It's like Tyler Perry and Medea. Don't mm-hmm. don't get them. Don't get them there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But yeah, that giant ass motherfucker. That right. yeah, I I wasn't worried about Polly or Patty, or whatever, in the sense that she was gonna be physically threatening to Angel. Because like you said, if for nothing else, I didn't grew up on the streets, I could take care of myself. But mm-hmm. just this, I, I just something about white people. 
and their relationship or their proximity to people of color and marginalized uh, people. It's just, it, it makes me very nervous. And mm-hmm. it's probably me projecting my own issues onto this show because I've done the same thing like when watching Insecure. So I know it's probably me, but just when I see a white woman with these fake tears or a white man who's about to be angry, it's just like, ah, oh, man, you in danger, girl. But like you said, Angel could probably knock that hell out. So, I, but, <laughs> but your your feelings are very general, uh, are very accurate, especially given the time. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. During that time, there was a much bigger wage gap between blacks and whites. Yeah. Now, it's like neck and neck, depending on you know education and experience. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but I think the I think there was there was some other stuff that was going on in this episode that I think was more important. And that was the whole Electra yes, yes. change of heart. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, um, in the, in this episode we saw where, um, Electra decided to go with getting her bottom surgery mm-hmm. and, uh, nobody after her, she woke up from her surgery, you see her putting on her makeup and, you see like maybe one little set of flowers in there and Blanca comes into the hospital room <laughs> and she's like, who gave you these flowers? And Electra tried to lie, say it was her sugar daddy knowing good and damn well, he did not. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. so Electra, I don't know why she's so cold, but she's just so freaking cold. There's, yes. I'm interested to see her story i'm interested to see the flashbacks that she gives because there's a reason why she's so cold Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it's something happened i mean i can only imagine being a trans woman and that that whole transformation with that what that was like for her um i'm assuming that there was some trauma involved in that that has caused her to be the way that she is but um even with Blanca visiting her, I felt like she would be a little more nicer. Mm-hmm. But uh, Blanca pretty much got her together. Yeah. And yeah. said, you know, I know that you may not have been the greatest mother, but, you know, my my birth mother just died, and it really puts things in perspective for me. And hopefully it does the same for you. And I think that it did mm-hmm. because you saw her, um, you saw her lighten up a bit. And then you, after that scene, I believe you saw Electra in her home and she had like made a full meal for her family. And the kids were like, uh, bitch, what the fuck does that mean? Right. Because she was just being a little too generous. But mm-hmm. it just shows that, you know, sometimes you, sometimes you really, especially with family, you really got to work with people. You really got to... Some people just take a little longer to come around. Yeah, yeah. So, um, I, I appreciated Blanca really swallowing her pride mm-hmm. so that she can help Electra along her journey. Because yeah, yeah. she recognized that Electra helped her mm-hmm. while she was in need. And now Blanca wants to return the favor. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Which was, mm-hmm. I thought, was a very beautiful... Again... Adding to the fact that Blanca is and will probably always be my favorite of this damn show. Mm-hmm. Um, 
one of the things, kind of taking a step back, and you were mentioning about Electra being so cold. Another thing that I, I just kind of thought about is this is the 80s. Electra is in her mid-30s. She was a teenager in the 60s. So thinking about the civil rights movement, thinking about the social and racial climate of America, and then being a trans, I, we don't know when she identified as trans, if it was uh -huh. before adolescence or after, but just thinking about this woman growing up in that time frame, like I said, we don't know what she identified at, at that time, but shit, if you identified as trans from like 12, 13, 14 years old and then growing with America to get to the 80s, uh, there, I don't know. Uh, she's strong as fuck. Right, uh, right. Oh, yeah, that is, oh, man. So, but yeah, this, this was a very good episode. It did um, the unthinkable. <laughs> It made Electra more uh, lovable in a sense, and yeah. uh, <laughs> I really like her kids' reaction because that was essentially my reaction too. Like, what the fuck is this? Like, you know, is this poison? What are you? <laughs> right. What are you doing? Why are you being so nice? And uh, but shit, that's man. I I think just like Blanca was the best parts of her mother, her biological mother. I think Blanca is probably the better parts, or brings out the better things um in electra because even from that first episode she was giving her looks that were very she being electra was giving blanca looks that was like of sadness i don't know when their relationship turned for the worse i'd like to know when that point is and why that was because she still loves this damn girl no matter what but her pride won't let her stop reading people's shit right right <laughs> oh my god yeah so um, I don't and you know what else? I think ahead. it's interesting that they called it Mother's Day because it, it seems kind of like at some point, a lot of people fail to realize that the child becomes the parent. Yes, yes. And yes. It's, it's just so interesting to see that on television. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and to even you know take it a bit further with, with that same uh, comment you just made, we're watching several generations of women like you have Blanca's biological mother who passed and you have and I guess Electra would be in that generation but then you also have Blanca and you have her own kids and then you have Electra and her own it's like you have this multi-generational story that's being told within the frame of like an hour and 13 minutes to an hour and a half about mothers like it's 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 layered. I really, uh, and then not even mentioning Carmen's daughter, who though she didn't get a lot of screen time, you're still seeing the extension of this mother who influenced Blanca in so many ways. Like, man, this is a good ass show. <laughs> yeah. And then are we? You want to talk about the ball? Go yeah. Go ahead. Go into that. The um the the post op ball, <laughs> if you want to call it that. Yeah. yeah. So now that um now that Electra went to the chop shop and um, <laughs> she got her, she removed the sausage and she put a pair of lips there. Um, they're back in the game and um, they perform as a house. Yes. So um, before they even go to the ball as a house, you, you see Blanca pretty much trying to 
make ends meet, which a lot of mothers do in general. Mm -hmm. You know, their cost, they felt like their costumes were a little cheap and they were like, we're not gonna win, but she pretty much just tried to give them the spirit that that they could do it. Yeah. So uh, they perform as a house and it was cute what they did, you know, mm -hmm. it wasn't, it was giving me, it reminded me of the first episode when they kind of had those royal costumes. Yeah. But it, it wasn't all the way there. It wasn't a full look. Yeah. Um, and then you saw Electra's house where Electra came out in this beautiful yellow, it's like a really long cape with a bow in the front. Mm -hmm. And then she walks out and then she, she, Brings up the cape yes. and then she brings it down and it reveals her children are, who are sitting at at, at at a little table having tea. So uh, that presentation was very interesting. I yes. love that scene. Yes, yes, I I do as well. I like I like the balls here. Um, I have, like I said before, been to the one ball here in Dallas, and it was not. If it was themed, it wasn't extravagant like the balls on this show. I would be interested to find out if that is something that continued. Not just the categories, but this whole production of it all. That as a house, we're doing Alice in Wonderland. So we go all out with tea and with the Mad Hatter and with the rabbit uh, prop. And like, I, I wonder if that... Um, pageantry still exists today in the ballroom community i think it does i'm interested to see a go to a ball during halloween oh yeah yeah mm -hmm. me and my um one of my good friends are supposed to be going to la next year okay. for halloween supposedly they really they really go all out so okay. i wouldn't be surprised if they had a ball okay okay well shit if you go make sure to take pictures put them on social media Shit, I'm Jada. going all out. You hear me? I want to be. I'm going over the top. Like I'm talking. Like you used to watch the Powerpuff Girls. Yeah. I'm talking. You remember him? Yes. Oh, come on. That's something That's that I would do. <laughs> okay. Okay. I see you. Yeah. You gotta post pictures there. You gotta. <laughs> you gotta. But you know, now that I put it out there, I'm gonna have to switch it up because the hose is going. The hose is going. <laughs> they googling it right now. They trying to find out where to find that wig at. So uh, okay. Okay. So I'm, so I'm keep the next one under wraps, but still right, put that right. out there because that's. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that, that's what's up. That's what's up. I'm, um, I, yeah, I would like to go. I would like to go, even if it's not a ball, if it's some type of production that's put on by LGBTQ people that has this level of like dramatic pageantry. I want, I want to see that live and in person because this, this was the energy was infectious. I was excited looking at them when they got mm -hmm. those tears. I was. Oh my pins and needles! I was hollering and screaming. I was so excited. So yeah, I'd love to see something like this live. See, the closest thing I've ever done to that is—I mean, I used to do fashion show for years, mm -hmm. and a, a lot of the fashion shows that we did were kind of over the top. And okay. sometimes uh, we would we would do like theme compositions, mm -hmm. and I remember, uh, or we would just do like theme performances. Yeah. To like just wow, you know, make these bitches hate. Like <laughs> make them mad. So uh one one year, this is when Nikki came out with that stupid hoe song. Okay. Um, back in the day when she was hungry and we did a performance where we were we were mimes and yeah. we had these uh black and white bodysuits 
and our faces were painted and we had afros. It was dope. It was okay. it was so dope. I miss shit like that, but <sighs> yeah, yeah, that sounds sounds interesting. I yeah. I'm I, I want some of this in my life, even if it's for a weekend here or there. I wanna kinda immerse myself in that because just the good mu- uh, another thing that I didn't even I failed to mention, the music in this goddamn show. How do you I, now I love it. I love the '80s throwbacks. Mm-hmm. What? How do you? How do you feel about the music? Is it? Um... Well, it's a little before my time, um, <laughs> but I appreciate good music regardless. So I definitely think that they do a good job of choosing the music to evoke what they're trying to evoke in these different scenes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I get excited during the ballroom scenes because they they play certain music. I feel sad during certain scenes because they played certain music and they do a really good job of doing that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same, same. I um, what I'm waiting for is that uh, Pose soundtrack. Once everything is said and done, and we mm-hmm. hit that last episode, like, cause this has just been like a walk down memory lane. I just I remember hearing a lot of these songs in my own childhood, just from like my aunts and uncles and and cousins and shit playing this like constantly so they they've been doing a damn good job and uh i'm sure janet mock had her hand in some of these song choices too because she was i think she's within age of what is she like in her early 40s now so she oh yeah she definitely yeah she would she would be i think teenage or like preteen around this time but yeah something like that either way I'm loving the music and I'm waiting for that pole soundtrack because I shazam every time the fucking show is on to make sure I'm getting the right song. But I want it collected. I'm gonna probably search title. I don't know in a couple weeks and see what they got going on. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, all in all, this Mother's Day episode was just as heavy as the rest, um, if not heavier because of the uh, well, depending on who you are. Some people might not have a great relationship with their mom, so. Maybe it was just an okay episode, but for me, it was a very heavy and emotional episode that I, um, being a cis male, I got a lot from it. And I just, I wonder if there's a trans woman or people who have more similar um, experiences to the people in the show. I wonder how that, because I'm not trans, so I didn't have to come out as being a trans male or a woman to my family and be disowned. I don't have that exact lived in experience, but I can relate. So I wonder if someone who does walk that particular storyline, how did they view this episode? That'd be, yeah, I'd love to see, uh, see how that was. Uh, so what about you? Any overall final thoughts or anything about mother's day poses mother's day? I thought it was a dope episode and I love to see how much time they have that how much time passes by yeah. in the little bit of time that they give us for the show. You know, mm-hmm. sometimes you watch an hour show and then only a day will go by. It's like, damn. In this <laughs> show, it's like, damn, a whole week had went by, you know? Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. yes. I, I'm, I'm wondering if that's a side effect of them doing the show and maybe trying to put their best foot forward to ensure a season two or if it was like, hell, we don't know if we're going to get another shot. Let's just put our ideas for season one, two, and three in the first mm-hmm. season. I wonder. Um, yeah, I wonder because this is this is a very niche so, show, so to speak. And mm-hmm. um, or if I wonder if they're building towards the '90s, like if 
every season will be a year or two because we started off in 87. Now we're in 88, fucking uh, May of 88. So I wonder, I wonder. We shall see. Only time will tell. (laughs) Good shit, good shit. So, yeah, a dope-ass fucking episode, as usual. Um, I cannot wait to see what happens on the last episode. Like, what's the cliffhanger they're going to leave us with? But um, shit, until then, let these folks know how to uh, cyberstalk you, how to listen to your show, and how to how to keep up with Mr. Hollywood. Yes, you can follow me on Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, The Great Jaden. Like all my pictures, feel free to DM me. I mean, whether I reply or not, who knows? Uh, <laughs> make sure you listen to Unapologetic Podcast. That's Unapologetic with a K. It's very important that you spell it with a K and not with a C, because I don't know who that other show is, honey. Um, you can find us on SoundCloud. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play. Uh, if you follow us on Instagram or Twitter at Unapologetic Pod, you'll see uh, all the different platforms that we're on. You'll also see uh, what we have coming up. I have an event coming up in October. October 5th through the 7th, a pod connection and here in Atlanta where it's going to be a, a big meetup from with a bunch of podcasters from across the nation. So I'm definitely excited to, uh, we're still working on the logistics of the event and getting the guest speakers and the live shows and things of that nature. But it's going to be a dope event. I mean, a lot of people have said that they're coming. Some people already got their Airbnbs, their plane tickets, their hotels. So it's going to be a dope event. So hopefully you can make it. Yes, yes. All the links will be on the show notes, but I do want to kind of, I'm glad you brought that up because I actually meant to ask you about it, but we're going to take a hard left turn really quickly. Um, I'll, I'll do this. This has been the House of Poser. Uh, make sure to tweet me, Carefree Blurred. Use the hashtag PoserPod. Uh, enjoy the episode. Tweet me and Jada. Let him know how you felt about his ideas on the show. Did you agree? Did you disagree? Were you uh, a fan of some of the shit he said? Were you not? Just, uh, yeah, keep this conversation going. And make sure to check out all of the goodness that is going on over there with Mr. Hollywood. All of the links will be in the show notes. And for those of you who just came for Poser... That's it. Now, uh, why don't you speak a little bit more about the event in October, just for people who may not have known about it, people who want to, who might be interested in it, just if you can give a little bit more so that we can kind of get the word out. Yeah, definitely. So, um, Last year, I worked with Nicole. You can follow her on all social media at The Empress Nick. And we put together this event called, well, we put together a pod connection, but it was in Charlotte, North Carolina. Mm-hmm. And so basically the event was, we had a, a Q&A. We had some guest speakers and some performance, performers. And this year we wanted to take it up a level So we're going to be having it in Atlanta and Friday is going to be a meet and greet. And we're also going to be going out and having like a club type of event. I'm going to show you how we get down in Atlanta. Okay. Um, Saturday, we, that's when we're going to be conducting business. We're going to have a number of live shows. 
And right now, actually, podcasters, we're holding nominations for people to nominate their favorite podcast to uh, give a live show. So based off the nominations, after July 15th, we'll start the actual voting process. Mm, okay. And then who, then, then the people who get the top votes will be the people that will be actually giving a live show. Mm, mm, okay. So we'll be having a live show. We'll be having guest speakers. We'll be having a panel discussion. And then it's going to get into networking mm. where people are going to be able to, you know, it's DJ. We're going to have drinks. It's going to be... Uh, cash bar, it's gonna be food and drinks there, um, and pass out business cards, link up with people, take pictures, all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. So that's gonna be the majority of Saturday, and then it's gonna be a free fall for people to, I guess, explore the city or do whatever. If you want to go upstairs and get a room with somebody you just met, do you <laughs> no judgment over here, okay? <laughs> so then Sunday we're gonna be doing a going away brunch and. I've been to a lot of cities, but I don't really think y'all really... Y'all don't brunch like we do in Atlanta. Actually, Dallas does brunch like we do in Atlanta. (laughs) A lot of people haven't experienced it yet, so we're going to show y'all how we get down. Okay, okay, that's what's up. So, um, just again, can you tell us the dates again, uh, the location, and the name? And, of course, all of this will be in the show notes, but just so that everyone can kind of beat them over the head with the information. Yes, it's going to be October 5th through the 7th, and all you got to do is follow, actually, what you can do is follow a pod connection ATL on Instagram, and you can hit the link tree, and all the details for the event is in there. And you can RSVP, so you can be, um, when we actually do the ticketing, because it's a lot of people that say they want to come, so, and there's a certain capacity so yeah. we have to, when we actually release the tickets for people to get, the people that have RSVP would be the first to know. Okay, okay. Good deal, good deal. So, um, so yeah, again, that'll be on the show notes as well. Um, and then everyone in the Atlanta area and abroad, if you're interested in this event, please be sure to get your tickets and, and, and do the the groundwork that will allow you to be at the show, uh, at the show, at the, at the event. So that's dope. That's dope. So pretty much everything you, you kind of ran down will be on the site as well, right? Or on the Instagram or whatever else. Yep. Okay. Good deal. Good deal. So I'll make sure to, um, highlight this and, uh, shit. Thank you all for listening. Make sure that you go ahead and, uh, look up a pod connection, follow Jaden, follow the pod connection, uh, get those listens up, rate, review, all that good shit, and show up at this event. This is enough time that you should be able to take off from work, uh, get your flights and shit, your trains, planes, and all that other stuff, and show yes. up at the event. Show what you gotta do, even if you got a pup down here, do what you got to do, buddy. <laughs> listen, ah, people, listen, podcasters, especially new podcasters, this is a great opportunity, or people that are interested in being a podcaster, or people that are just looking to make their podcast better. We're going to be doing a we're going to be talking about marketing, we're going to be talking about software, we're going to be talking about equipment. It's going to be a dope event. You're going to meet so many people that are going to uplift you and might be lifelong friends. I definitely and it's going to be in Atlanta. Atlanta is lit. And who's in charge of it? Jaden Hollywood, honey. So you know it's going to be lit. So. <laughs> 
Ah, there you go. There you go. So good, good. Like I said, the links will be in the show notes. And uh, make sure y'all guys, at the very least, check it out. Tell a friend. Like, come on, do that. It's free. It's free to check it out and to spread the word. So Yes. Um, yeah, so thank you all for listening. This has been The House of Poser. Um, I have a very special guest, Mr. Jaden Hollywood. Thank you very much for coming on and giving out this wealth of knowledge this abundance of knowledge, if you will. <laughs> yes, Jaden, abundance. <laughs> Slash yeah. Evangelista. There you go, there you go. Hyphenated like a motherfucker. Right, okay, right. Okay. Yeah, bet, bet. So um, yeah, keep this conversation going. Folks, please tweet. Uh, hit the Instagram shit. Hit the, the pod in hashtag. Let us know that you're listening. All that good stuff. 